Hey, everybody, and welcome to True Crime Paranormal with the Psychic Sisters. This Psychic Sister is here with a pop-up. <laughs> this is Katie Weaver, and I'm here for our Friday pop-up. I'm so happy to be here with you guys. I sure hope that you are having a decent day. It is cold, cold, cold here in Idaho today. But what can we do? Well, complain, but other than that, not much. <laughs> I hope that you guys are well, though, and I'm excited to come to you with the pop-up. It seems like the last couple of weeks, uh, I haven't been able to be here with pop-ups as much as I wanted, but I'm going to talk today about gangsters, yeah, getting killed in restaurants. It's a thing. So for, you know, more than 100 years, it's a thing. So Why? And if you think about, like, movies you've seen about mobsters, so frequently restaurants are involved, right? And, you know, shootouts in restaurants, people being murdered in restaurants. Why? Well, because historically, mob bosses, the way they would keep their families safe and the way they would do business is to basically set up shop in some kind of a business, typically a restaurant. And they didn't do business out of their houses so much because they were sheltering their families from their activities. So this is what would happen. So they would either purchase a restaurant or have an associate with a restaurant that would become their home base. And in some cases, I think just bully their way into, you know, some poor unsuspecting uh, soul who maybe didn't want them in his restaurant, but there you go. So I'm going to tell you a few stories about times that uh, the restaurant was the home of a murder due to mob activity. So this is based on an article from National Crime Syndicate. So our first contestant is the Nuvoa Via Tamaro restaurant. This happened in 1933. So Giuseppe Joe the Boss Massieri's. Okay, I gotta say, the names sometimes of these guys kill me. So this is Joe the Boss. So this is, was his favorite restaurant. And he showed up there to join another mobster, Charles Lucky Luciano. That was a name that was more familiar to me. For a session of drinking, playing cards, and dining. That was the other thing. A lot of times the uh, the mob bosses or, you know, guys in charge of whatever, uh, <laughs> whatever family syndicate they were uh, representing, they would meet in places like this to do business. So these two met up to do some business and some pleasure too, it sounds like. And at some point, Luciano went to the bathroom and while he was gone, the two mob rivals opened fire when he came back, Joe the boss was laying on the ground, dead, with a bloody ace of spades still clenched in his hand. Yeah, nice. So that ended things. <laughs> and again, that happened on Coney Island in 1933. So the eatery itself was closed down, but it is now the site of the Banner Smoked Fish Company. So, uh... Somehow, they managed to live on. Okay. Oh. 
I have to remember how to use my own tech. All right. Our next contestant is Umberto's Clam House. This was uh, in Little Italy, Manhattan in 1972. Crazy Joe Gallo. Do you guys remember him? He's a little more recent. He had quite the birthday party. He was dining for his birthday with his sister, his wife, his uh, stepdaughter, his bodyguard. Bodyguard, by the way, was called Pete the Greek. So they were, uh, he was eating his favorite shrimp salad when four gunmen entered the eatery and began firing. So Pete the Greek flipped a table and managed to get his wife and stepdaughter behind the table and kept them safe. Uh, he was shot. And Gallo stumbled to the door of the restaurant, cursing at the gunman, fell out into the street bleeding, and died there. This was the first time that this kind of mob violence actually spilled over into family violence. With, you know, to see a mobster attack like that with their families there, that was way against their kind of, can I call it a code of ethics? <laughs> but uh, that started a real war because people were so mad in the, uh, the mob world that that happened with a family there. So that restaurant did close, but it is still in operation. It's another restaurant now, an Italian restaurant called Da Gennaro. Interesting. But yeah, that actually started, <clears throat> pardon me, that kicked off a bunch of uh, violence because of the way it happened, that they didn't wait for him to be alone to have a hit on him. They killed him in front of his family. His family easily could have been killed. And apparently that's against mob rules. Yeah, I guess there are some. All right. So the next restaurant is Joe and Mary's Italian Restaurant. This was in Bushwick uh, in 1979. So Carmillo Carmine Galante, he was also known as Lilo, uh, which is Italian for cigar, because apparently he always had a cigar in his mouth. He had rose to be the head of the Bonanno family, and he, he made a mistake. I don't know if he thought it was a mistake. He put it out there far and wide that he would be the boss of all the bosses. He wanted to be king boss of mob families. And he had no problem uh, offing other people to try to, uh, you know, get himself into this position. So he put a huge self-imposed target on his back because, you know, none of the other crime families had any indication that they were going to give up their seat at the table. And he thought he wanted to be in charge of everybody. Bad move on his part, apparently, because, uh, he ended up dead. So he was dining out again in this uh, Joe and Mary's Italian restaurant. And he was with Leonard Coppola and the restaurant owner, uh, who was also his cousin. Remember, we're keeping it all in the family, right? Uh, Giuseppe Toronto. 
And he also had both of his bodyguards with him, Amato and Bonventure. So they're eating, and three masked men enter the restaurant with a shotgun and handguns. They gun down Galante and both of his companions. And yet somehow the bodyguards remain completely unharmed. Interesting. I'm guessing somebody got to them, huh? So Galante was found with one eye shot out, dead, and still had a cigar in his mouth. (laughs) So apparently he was never giving up his cigars. Now that restaurant is now a Mexican eatery called Taquiera La Asuncion. Yeah. I just thought that image of, uh, you know, him... (laughs) With his eye shot out and the cigar still in his mouth was, I don't know, (laughs) awful. I guess awful is probably the right term. Okay, so moving on to Sparks Steakhouse. So Paul Castellano and his bodyguard Thomas Bellotti had just come from the lawyer's office. Doesn't that sound like another mobster thing to do? (laughs) I, I will admit, I'm actually very fascinated by organized crime, but I, I, I don't cover it enough, I can see, because I am really, really interested in it. But at any rate, they had just, they actually hadn't even gone in yet, but this was a place that they frequented a lot, and that's the problem. When they were doing business out of restaurants and having these places that they were there all the time, you know, people started to know where to find them if you wanted to off them. But they pulled up to the restaurant and they were surrounded on both sides of the car immediately by men with guns. And they basically just lit the whole car up and killed them both. Castellano was shot a dozen times. So the rumor was that it was a... The work of another gangster named John Goaty and Sammy the Bull. You might have heard of him, Sammy the Bull Gravano. So they wanted these guys gone because they were getting into uh, getting onto their turf. So interestingly, Sparks is still open for business and it still serves uh, up steaks and it's a touristy spot for, get this, mafia enthusiasts. Maybe that's what I should call myself, a mafia enthusiast. You know, an enthusiast if you're into that kind of thing. (laughs) That would kill me. Anyway, but yeah, still operating to this day. All righty. Oh, Kimberly said she just watched a documentary on the top five mob families in New York. It was really good. Ooh, interesting. I'll have to watch for that, Kimberly. That's interesting to me, too. All right, how about the Palace Chop House? This is an interesting one. So this is, this was in Newark, New Jersey in 1935. So this was the Palace Chop House and Tavern. And this was the headquarters for Dutch Schultz. He was a well-known mobster at the time. But he hadn't been using this uh, as his headquarters for very long. But at any rate, long enough for people to know where to find him. 
And so on October 3rd, October 23rd, he and a bunch of his men were in the tavern talking business and eating dinner. And at about 10.15, Dutch went into the bathroom and came out staggering and clutching his chest and collapsed into his chair. And his uh, men realized that he was shot. He'd been shot in the bathroom. And they rushed him to the hospital where he died. And they didn't ever know. No one took responsibility of who shot him. So the building itself eventually was, uh, it's been lots of things over the years. Uh, it was a bagel place most recently. And it sounds like it may have actually been uh, demolished at this point. Yeah. And then we have, this one makes me laugh. The name of this restaurant is Joe's Elbow Room. So I don't know. <laughs> what does that mean? Big tables, lots of places spread out. I was sharing these stories with my husband and he said, I don't know what it is about elbow that would make me not want to eat there. <laughs> it grossed him out somehow. Would you eat at the elbow room? I don't know. Maybe they're great. But anyway, Joe's Elbow Room. So this is in 1951 in Cliffside Park, New Jersey. In October, yet again. Why is that the month to kill the mobsters? I don't know. Anyway, so this is Willie Moretti. So Willie Moretti uh, went, walked into the restaurant and shook hands with one of the mobsters and, uh, you know, some other people that were there meeting him and sat down at a table with a few other guys. And as soon as he checked the menu, they gunned him down in the restaurant and they later said that they did that as a sign of respect to him because it was an act of pity because he was losing his mind and his sight and the right thing to do in their mind was to shoot him put him out of uh, his misery as an act of respect yeah so there you go the restaurant is actually still in operation today it is now uh, an upscale Italian restaurant called the Via Amalfi. Yeah. A mercy killing because he was old. What do you think of that? I think that's a little bit uh, horrifying. But, yeah. Okay. Let's talk about Colosimo's. So, Colosimo's. This was a restaurant that was opened up by Big Jim Colosimo. He was a big player in the Mustache Pete era. <laughs> That's right. One of those names. Mustache Pete era uh, of the mob. This was before Prohibition had really come into full force. So Big Jim Colosimo, Colosimo had opened up his restaurant uh, in 1910. And it was a really popular place in Chicago at the time. And he was there in 1920. So he'd been open for 10 years. And this had been his, you know, base of operations for 10 years. He showed up at the restaurant to wait for a delivery of some sort. And one of Johnny Torrio's men ambushed him and shot him in the back of the head, right in the middle of his restaurant. 
And that really shifted the mob uh, leadership in Chicago at the time. Now, the cafe, his family kept going for another 40 years under the same name. It was very famous in Chicago for a long time. Now, it is gone. It is now, unfortunately, a car park. It doesn't exist anymore. It's kind of a cool old building. All right. And then we have the Neapolitan Noodle. There was a mob killing at the Neapolitan Noodle that uh, was a part of all of the violence around Crazy Joe Gallo's death. Now, remember Crazy Joe? He's the one who was killed with his family present. And there was a lot of anger about that. And a lot of violence that stemmed from that. And this was another piece of it. And this is terrible. So these two men showed up at a restaurant to eat uh, with their family members, a few other people. And some men came in to the bar and sat at the bar, ordered a drink, sat there and observed them for a few minutes. And then stood up and pulled out a 38 caliber and just opened fire and killed these two men. And as it turned out, right before these guys got there, there were four men from the Colombo crime family who a lot of the gangsters did believe that the people that uh, gunned down uh, Crazy Joe Gallo and his people were from the Colombo crime family, and they had a hit on them. And so they were in there eating. They left. As soon as they left, these other men came and uh, sat at the same table. So this, unfortunately, was a case of mistaken identity. These poor guys weren't gangsters and did nothing wrong. And they were gunned down in the middle of this restaurant. So the restaurant eventually closed. It's now actually an Albanian mission. Okay. And then this one really is interesting to me. The next one, this is Rouse. So Rouse Restaurant, this place opened in 1896. And in 1896, it was a really, really popular place to eat. And has been forever. It's a really... Uh, swanky place. This is a place that uh, you are very lucky to get into. It's a really expensive place and it has reservations out for months and months and months. That was in 1896, right? So fast forward to 2003. This place is still open. It's still swanky as hell. It's still really hard to get into. And there was a night where the bartender, a guy named Nikki the Vast, I don't know why, was pouring drinks and there was a Broadway actress singing. A woman named Rena uh, Strober was performing and Albert Cercelli, Cercelli, sorry, uh, a gangster in New York, started heckling her. And saying, get her off the stage, she sucks, and, you know, other unsavory things. And Louis Barone, another mobster, told him to shut up. And they ended up in a fight with words uh, back and forth. And Barone pulled out uh, his gun 
and shot and killed Sir Shelley. And he did go to prison. Uh, he is serving a 15-year sentence for that murder, but uh, he said it was worth it. <laughs> so Rouse is actually still open. Still open. So it's been open now. You know, it opened in 1896. It's still open. It's still hard to get in there. Isn't that wild? I have not been there, but maybe some of you guys are familiar with it. <laughs> anyway, so those are a few instances where gangsters really were gunned down in restaurants. It doesn't only happen in uh, on TV or in movies. It's actually, over the years, been a fairly common occurrence. Isn't that something? I will say because I don't live in a place where we've really had mobster activity, you know, where we've been more Wild West business over here. Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't know what to do if I sat down in a restaurant and there were clearly uh, people that looked like they were in organized crime in there. I'd probably ask for their autograph like a big dumbass or something, but <laughs> we'll see. Hey, Marcus and Jennifer, it's good to see you guys. So that's my pop-up tonight. I just thought that was some kind of interesting stuff. Uh, you always see this in movies and on TV. And so it got me wondering about why is that always portrayed that way? And is it accurate? And it turns out it sure is. Now, that was nine uh, examples that I shared with you guys, but I actually found a ton of them. So anyway, it's always interesting to look things from various angles, but you guys have a good night. Watch for another pop-up tomorrow. I think Christy's going to be coming back tomorrow with something fun for us. So that's what's happening. So have a good Friday night. Have fun. Stay warm. You have been listening to another installment of True Crime Paranormal with Psychic Sisters. Take care. If you're enjoying this podcast, don't forget to like and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. If you're watching us on YouTube, you can always like and subscribe there as well. We also love comments and reviews. True Crime Paranormal is hosted by Katie Weaver and Christy Brower and produced by Christy Brower. True Crime Paranormal is a short girl productions podcast.